Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, August 5th, 2022. I'm Mike Kitchopoli. Another Friday, another week, another through another week. We're almost through the first week of August already. It's crazy, right? I think Labor Day is about a month away. The summer is almost already over, but we made it through another fun-filled week. Another fun-filled, crazy week. At the end of this, or towards the end of the show today, I'll do a film review of the film Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt. But what I want to start with is uh, more democratic hypocrisy. It's never-ending. The democratic hypocrisy never ends. It keeps going and going and going and going. And the latest in the long line of Democrat hypocrisy is uh, the uh, situation around WNBA star uh, Brittany Griner, who was sentenced to nine years in prison by a Russian court for possession of marijuana. Now, we've seen this before. What they do there is they will arrest someone who's high profile and they will try to do a swap of someone who's obvi- obviously dangerous. So they'll, they'll do a swap of someone who's not dangerous, who did absolutely nothing wrong for someone in this country who we have in prison who's incredibly dangerous and who's killed people. They do this a lot. Um, there's very little doubt that this was planted on her. And a little, it wasn't even, what was it, like oil? Like hemp oil? It was ridiculous. It was nothing. And, of course, nine years in prison simply because they so we can, they can get the best swap possible. If they sentenced her to nine days or nine months, there probably wouldn't be any swap going on. So they sentenced you to nine years. They'll plant this shit on you, and then they'll sentence you to nine years so they can do a prison swap. They do this all the time in countries like Russia. So um, Kamala Harris comes out. Of course, a lot of people want the swap to happen, even though we'd be swapping a much more dangerous person and someone who should not be let out. And all this really does is, once again, when they say don't negotiate with terrorists, this is why you don't, because when you do this and it works, they'll do it again. And so it's really not safe to go to Russia to try for a name. I, I don't think they'd kidnap me. Because, you know, you know, Biden's not going to give anything for me. But, you know, they'll, if, you're, if you're a celebrity or an athlete, they will arrest you. They'll plant shit on you in Russia and they'll arrest you just so they can get the swap of someone much more dangerous. Because we don't arrest people here. We don't arrest people who come from Russia and we don't plant weed on them and arrest them, or we don't arrest them for having possession of weed or something for a decade. So we don't do that stuff here. So they know they can get over on us by doing the stuff they've done, like with Brittany Griner. Now, we can get into the argument of whether we should do this swap or not. Once again, it just emboldens them to continue to do things like this. But the hypocrisy with the Democrats, it's just its overwhelming. It's on every issue, like from A to Z. Give me an issue with letter A, you know, and, I'll, and I'll, uh, I'll show you, I'll point out democratic hypocrisy, the letter Z. Well, here was the letter W with weed. So we have Kamala Harris, of all people, coming out and saying how horrible this is, that they gave her nine years for 
possession of a little bit of weed and how awful it is. Meanwhile, Kamala Harris, when she was a law enforcement officer here in California, whether it be in San Francisco or for the state, she would sentence people to jail for possession of marijuana hundreds of times. In fact, I believe the number is almost 2,000. Almost 2,000 people went to jail under Kamala Harris simply for weed, for having weed or selling weed. And we know, this was one of the things that was debated <clears throat> during the Democratic <clears throat> sorry, presidential primary, some water, was that she would do this mostly to black people. And she would also, she also wanted to hold parents accountable and even put parents in jail, right? Of children, of, of kids who committed crimes, whether it would be possession of marijuana or this, this, you know, selling marijuana on the streets. And this was a thing for her. This is one of the things that was pointed out during the Democratic primary. It was debated. Her, her draconian, her draconian penalties for things like possession of weed. But here she is now, after a year and a half as vice president, coming out and saying, oh, how horrible it is what the Russians are doing, when this is exactly what she did to Americans, to American citizens here in this country, majority black citizens, her own people. She put them in jail. She put them in jail for possession of marijuana. She threw the book at them for selling marijuana. So she's a total hypocrite. And, you know, I'm sure she did it with that usual laugh and annoying, inane cackle that she has. So instead of coming out and saying, you know, I've really learned my lesson. When I see something like this, I realize how horrible it is. And I've learned my lesson. I never should have done that. That was a horrible thing. And we should never, ever do that again to American citizens. No, she doesn't say that. They never admit failure. They just go on as though it never happened. They talk as though they've been this staunch advocate for legalization of marijuana for their whole fucking lives. We have tapes of Joe Biden just recently saying that running for president, saying marijuana should not be legal. Using marijuana should not be legal. Selling marijuana should not be legal. We have it on, we have it on tape. This is recent over the last few years. So these people are such hypocrites because they don't stand for anything. It's whatever the way the wind blows. That's the way Democrats go. However the wind blows. I've, I've said this a million times. This is why I am now a libertarian. And I think I may, even though right now my, my uh, registration is no party, I may register as libertarian. At least libertarians have backbone. They have spine. And they're consistent. And it's not whichever the way the wind blows. Weed should be legal. Freedom of speech. Freedom to own a gun. Anti-war. Anti-giving billions and billions of dollars to another country when we need to spend money here. When people here need that money. This is very consistent with libertarians and the Libertarian Party and people like, like Rand Paul and Ron Paul's father. Very consistent. And that's what we need. We need consistency. Whether you agree with people or not, I want them to be consistent. In other words, Ron Paul is against one war. I want to be Rand Paul's against one war. I want to be against all the other wars. He's against the Iraq war. I want him to be against sending money to Ukraine. He is. It's total consistency. And you don't have to agree with everything. But it's consistent. 
It's not just the way the wind blows, because that's called being a political whore, okay? And that's what these Democrats are, like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It's whatever the way the wind is blowing. And so now all of a sudden, it's the thing to say, you see. It's the thing to say, oh, how draconian it is to give someone nine years in jail for possession of marijuana. When you did that, your entire fucking career, Kamala, you were known for that. Now, of course, we have DAs now that won't put people in jail if they kill people. But Kamala put them in jail for smoking and selling weed. So this makes perfect sense. The Democrats are on a great trajectory. They're just a, it's such, a, it's such a consistent, normal, common sense trajectory. Put them in jail for smoking weed. Put them in jail for selling marijuana on the streets. But don't put them in jail for holding up a store or shooting someone. Don't. No, no. Let them out. Bail. Slap on the wrist. These people are insane. They're insane. Nothing they do makes any sense. There's no common sense. Once again, this is what Bill Maher has been saying now for a long time now. Going on three years. There's no common sense in the Democratic Party. Zero common sense. It's all wokeness and just political expediency. That's it. Doing things simply for political expediency. So that's the situation with Kamala. And, and they don't care. That, uh, people are pointing out. Now, you probably won't hear on CNN. I'm sure you don't hear on CNN, MSNBC. I don't watch those. I don't watch that dreck anymore. But I'm sure you're not seeing anything about Kamala Harris's inconsistencies in what she's saying now and what she did as, as in GA or attorney general. Nothing. You're not hearing anything about that on those networks. Not hearing anything about it. In fact, they barely covered it when she was running for president. So you're certainly not hearing anything about it now. That's why they can get away with it, because they know their voters will never hear about it. Or their voters will say, well, they evolved. Yeah, that was then. This is now. Yeah, sure, of course. No, because the wind's blowing out of the northwest instead of the southwest now. that That's the difference. That's the difference. That's how um, easy these people are. That's what lack of courage these people have. Speaking of lack of courage, you know, I talk about wokeness a lot. And today I'm going through my Twitter feed and I'm seeing that John Leguizamo, by the way, you can call in and talk about any of these things or anything else you might want to talk about. You know, like Ron DeSantis canning that DA because he wouldn't, <clears throat> he wouldn't follow the laws when it comes to abortion. We'll talk about that in, in, in a little bit. Once again, it doesn't matter if you're a, if you're a district attorney, if you're a DA, you follow the laws. Whatever the laws of that land are, you follow. It doesn't matter if you're pro-choice or not or whatever it may be. You follow those laws. And if you don't follow the laws of the land, you should be gone. And that's what Ron DeSantis did. And that's what we should be doing to DAs all around the country who do not follow the law, who do not apply the law of the land that they are the district attorney of. We should be getting rid of them. Ron DeSantis has the balls to do it. Other, other governors don't have the balls to do it, which is the difference between Ron DeSantis and every other governor in the fucking country, as we've talked about before. But I digress. I want to go back to John Leguizamo. So John Leguizamo came out. Evidently, there was a casting uh, that he didn't like because he didn't, they didn't cast someone who, um, who looked a certain way. In other words, uh, what John Leguizamo and most of Hollywood wants now, the woke Hollywood left want, is if you're like 
playing a Colombian character, they want the actor to be Colombian. If you're playing a Cuban, the actor has to be Cuban. Uh, if you're playing a Spaniard, the actor has to be Spanish, so on and so forth. Of course, this, actually, this won't apply, though, if you're talking about, if you're talking about, like, you know, Western, if you're talking about, like, Western Europe, if you're talking about, like, France, French, you don't got to be French. If it's, you know, so in other words, basically, if you're white, if you're playing a white character, you don't have to be white. You don't have to be French to play a, a French character. You don't have to be English, obviously, to play English, do you? We have many people who are not British who play British characters. We have plenty of people who are British who play American characters, right? Do we complain about that? No, because they're white, you see. But all of a sudden now, when it comes to playing a Latino character, uh, an African-American character, it's got to be from that specific region. If you're playing a South African, they have to be a South African actor. It's absolutely asinine to the nth degree. For how many years, and I'll get, I'll get to the specifics in a minute of this situation, of this particular casting that John Leguizamo doesn't agree with, but how many times have Jews played Italians? How many times have Italians played Jews? Was there any complaining? No, no, we've got to have a Jewish actor playing a Jew. We have to have an Italian-American actor playing an Italian. How many times has Al Pacino played a Cuban? Or Al Pacino played a Latino? Or a Latino played an Italian? How many times? It's called acting. You look for the best actor. Now, of course, you're not going to have Benedict Cumberbatch play a Cuban. You're not going to have Anthony Hopkins playing, you know, <laughs> playing an African-American. But within the realm of, of reality, within the realm of reality, and there are actors like De Niro who've been play, who played Irish. He's played Italians. He's played Jews. Al Pacino has played Jews, Italians, Latinos. Because they have the range, and they basically can fit it. They basically can fit the type. So what you should look for, you see, in the real world, in a normal fucking non-woke world, you look for the best actor for the role. Whether it's an actor you have in mind or the best audition do you get. That's who you cast. But what people like John Leguizamo want is basically what we have in politics, which got us Kamala Harris. Identity politics, they want identity casting. And what you do is you eliminate 95% of the possibilities when you do that. You eliminate to 5% of the possibilities, meaning you're not going to get the best person. It's the math don't work out. When you drop 95% of possible candidates, the math don't work out. You're not going to get the best. You're not going to get the best. That's a one in the 8 million chance you're going to get the best if you start eliminating people based on this stuff. And what you get. It's proof. There's proof here. We got Kamala Harris. Identity politics got us Kamala Harris. Okay? That he had to pick a black person. He had to pick a woman. It eliminated 99.9% .9 of the people. And it got us Kamala Harris. It's bad enough in politics. I don't want it in my movies. I don't want it in television. Okay? All right? So, but this is what woke people like John Leguizamo want. That's what they want. And then they keep complaining. They complain, oh, but no, Cubans don't have a, there aren't enough Cuban actors. They don't get enough work. Oh, there aren't enough Asian actors. It's all bullshit. Plenty of roles for Asians. Plenty of roles for Cubans. Plenty of roles for Latina. Plenty. It's all garbage when they say, oh, you're limited. This is a big thing for a while, you remember. It was a huge thing that there weren't enough roles for Asian actors. Now, eight, half of the movies out there are Asian films. Or half of the movies out there are Asian films. If you go to the AMC Theater here in San Francisco, 
not Tokyo, not Shanghai, San Francisco. This, every time I look on a Friday to see the movies that are there, I like to do a movie review for you people. Half the movies are Asian. They're all they're Mandarin in America. So this is garbage that there aren't enough roles for Asian actors. Okay? And so when you start doing this nonsense, when you start saying, oh, well, no, I, you know, Latino can't, you know, if you're from Spain, you can't play a Cuban. And if you're from, you know, if you're, if you're from uh, Colombia, you can't play a Bolivian. It's idiotic. It's totally moronic. In his own film, Carlito's Way, who would Al Pacino play? Was he Italian? No. How many times has John Leguizamo, I should check, played someone who's not of his actual ethnicity? A character that's not his actual specific ethnicity. I want to check. It doesn't matter about because now this wokeness is like the the um the flavor du jour, right? Wokeness is like the new flavor du jour. Where this is the thing to be now. The thing to be is woke. You gotta be woke. And you have the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences doing this bullshit, where in order for a film to be nominated, it doesn't got to be the best. See, once again, it doesn't have to be the best film. I thought it had to be the best film. I thought the Oscars and those award shows were like the best. Wasn't that the idea? The best? No, no, not the best anymore. If you have to, if you want to qualify as possibly being among the best, you have to have eighty-five percent people on your on, on the on the cast be a certain ethnicity. You have to have at least three minorities in the production department. It's so insane. It's so freaking insane. If you look at the new rules, I think they're starting them next year or the year after. It's absolutely, I wouldn't, as a producer, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be a producer anymore. I wouldn't know how to fill all that. I wouldn't know how to fill all of that, what do you call it, uh, quota, political correctness. I wouldn't know how to do it. They're very difficult. I mean, the criteria is insane. I mean, I, I mean Rube Goldberg would be jealous. But this goes back to what I was talking about yesterday. This new thing of, of this, everything of, is offending. Everything, there's snowflakes galore. Snowflakes are flying in the summer, the winter, all year long. And this wokeness is actually killing our society. It's killing us. It's killing our politics because we're not getting the best. It's now killing movies and theater and TV and culture because we're not getting the best anymore. And people are being forced to fill a quota. People being forced to fill a quota. And I think Daniel has something to say about this. Yeah, Mike, Mike, you there? Yes. Yeah, uh, my sources tell me that uh, Michael Keaton and Christian Slater weren't actual Batman. (laughs) Oh, you know what? It was okay back then, but now you have to be an actual bat. You understand that? You do? There's not enough casting for bats. What are bats going to do for a living? Daniel, come on. Well, not just bats. They have to be bat men. And you know what? I'm probably the only one in this country that actually I identify as Batman. So (laughs) this this role should be mine. You You can't just be a... Wait a minute. Time out. You can't just be a male bat? No. Oh. No, you have to be a bat man. Part bat, part man. Oh, that that's really that's incredibly limiting. That, that really limits it. And and and, and I and I'm, I'm one of the few. So why why haven't I have a call from Hollywood yet? I, I'm 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 miffed. 
Well, the, the thing that really bothered John Leguizamo in particular is, uh, and th- by the way, hope, oh, let's see, who, who wrote this? Boycott this fucked up. Here, Variety posted this. John Leguizamo took to Instagram to speak out against the recent casting of James Franco as Cuban revolutionary Fidel Castro. So Franco is playing Castro, as opposed to a guy named Castro playing Franco. So Franco's playing Castro in the upcoming independent film Alina of Cuba. Now, James Franco's a really good actor. Now, you look at James Franco and you say, okay, put a little makeup on him. He probably could play Fidel Castro. He looks, actually, he looks like Fidel Castro. Trudeau looks like Fidel Castro. Hey, Justin Trudeau could play Fidel Castro. Yeah, Frank, Frank Franco can easily pull it, pull it off um, far better than uh, that's for sure. Um, right. And, and <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, they've been doing this for, for how long? About 20 years now. Um, and, and it's just, it's just silly. It's just silly. This is acting. Yeah. I don't have a problem. No, nobody is, nobody's at, nobody's Ant-Man. Nobody's the Wasp Woman. Yeah. Leguizamo makes it clear. He doesn't have any problem with Franco, but he ain't Latino. So he's got, well, okay. He's got to, he's got to be Latino. He's got to be Latino. I guess cute. And then someone actually responds, makes it even worse. That's bad enough that he has to be Latino. But someone responds, why can't they find someone who's Cuban? So Latino is not enough. They got to be Cuban, you see. Well, Legazamu has played two roles as an Italian, and he has no Italian blood in him whatsoever. Absolutely, and he did it well. I love. I think John Leguizamo is a great actor. I, I've seen his he is. man show. You should just shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly, he's fantastically talented. And this is the problem I have with celebrities saying stupid things. It makes me not like them anymore. Exactly. It makes me biased towards them when I'm watching them. And I don't want to do that. I want to be unbiased when I'm watching them. You see? They're, they're not rocket scientists. So when they try to fire one off and it's always a dud, it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't like them anymore. <laughs> they make it really hard for you to like them. Did John Leguizamo, was he, was he protesting? When Al Pacino played, Al Pacino was in Carlito's way with 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 John Leguizamo. Did he did he complain that Al Pacino was an Italian American, basically white guy? Right? I'm sure. He, I'm sure he was kissing Car, uh, Carlito's ring. Of course, of course. But once again, the, hypo, the the hypocrisy of the left is so mind-bogglingly easy to point out, but well, they have of- no problem opening their fucking mouths. Well, speaking of hypo- hypocrisy, and as you know, I'm not big on, uh, on pointing out hypocrisy. I'm more big on pointing out, you know, objectively what is wrong with uh, what people are saying. But isn't it delicious to see uh, people like uh, Mayor Adams and Mayor Bowser of Wa- uh, New York City and Washington, D.C., uh, respectively, um, complain after declaring themselves sanctuary cities, complain and ask for uh, federal help. So they declare themselves sanctuary cities, but they're not going to pay the bill. That's like me saying that, you know, telling the IRS that I'm donating 100K to some charity and saying as soon as the uh, federal uh, government gives me that 100K, you know, let's write it off on my taxes. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's 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 so insane. And how about the idea that they get upset when Abbott sends and and Abbott sends you know uh, illegals their way on the bus, and, the, and all of a sudden, oh no, they've sent four hundred. We got four hundred illegals in our city. What do they think is happening to these poor little towns in Texas? Apparently, apparently, they sent uh, New York City four thousand, and mm-hmm. uh, that that apparently is about how much comes across into Texas on any given day. 
Right. And these little towns don't even have 4,000 people. These little towns of, of 1,000, they end up yeah. having 4,000 illegals uh, yeah. invading their town. So, so I am just, I am just, you know, uh, sapping the, this this whole thing up with some, you know, some some uh, French bread, just dipping it in their uh, in in their hypocrisy sauce here, because this <laughs> is absolutely delicious to watch them squirm, declaring themselves some uh, with their virtue signaling sanctuary city stuff, and then when push comes to shove, when the, when the metal really um, when the gravel hits the uh, hits the road, as they say, um, but. <laughs> they got nothing. They've got nothing. They're, they're, they're whining and screaming for help. But there's After a problem. Declaring themselves of, of being of some, some yeah. on, with respect to, to, to their ideology, they declare themselves to have some moral superiority. Hey, you're only moral superiority if you deliver behavior-wise on your moral superiority. If you expect other people to pay the bill, that is immoral. That is moral hazard by definition. Well, and I have an issue, though. I, I'm worried because we talk about this all the time, right? The, the way we talk on this show, right? You and I talk and callers come in, people listen and all that stuff. We, 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 would, we would hope, we would think in a normal society that has common sense that Democrats could absolutely never win in November. But and then you look at look at Biden's polling, right? Biden's polling is in the dumps. I mean, he's in the low 30s, like in every category, right? Overall, independents, young people, Latinos, you're thinking, okay, the Democrats going to get destroyed. However, when you look at the congressional and Senate polling, not very good. It's 50 50. This is so I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. And I don't understand exactly why, you know, I know a lot of things. I don't know everything. But I don't, I don't know. I have my I have my ideas. I don't know exactly why. The 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 what the Democrats have done over the last two and a half years to us, all bad. Biden's incredibly bad approval numbers. The economy being dumps, inflation being through the roof, gas prices still being very high. People not being able to get baby formula. I don't why this is not seemingly translating, at least in the polls, to a big Republican win in November. So, so on Tuesday, this is my little plug. Tuesday show, Tuesday show, Monday show will be the usual night show. Tuesday show will be a 3 p.m. Pacific, 6. So Tuesday show, and I'll mention this again on Monday, Tuesday show will be at th- around 3% of 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, because I'm going to have a guest on, and it's John Ziegler. And John Ziegler, um, who was a writer, he, he was in radio in L.A., and he's uh, very prevalent on social media, um, um, will come on and talk to me about this and give me his ideas and his uh, a, a reasoning for this total dis- destruction by the Democrats over the last three years and the fact that everyone hates Biden, not really translating right now, it would seem, into the midterms. And that, that bothers me. That really, how could people vote? For, do you have any ideas, Daniel? How could people vote for Democrats? It comes down to branding. What branding? What do they what, 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 what kind of brand? We, we, we know we know how powerful branding is. I mean, look at uh, people's um, devotion and loyalty to sports teams. Look at their devotion to Coke versus Pepsi. I mean, I know people that literally will not drink Coke or literally will not drink Pepsi under any circumstances, but they'll drink the other. I mean, it's just it's branding. And, and there are people that that study this, have have studied it for many decades, and they've perfected it. They've done a really good job. And now they've got extra potent tools in social media 
and um, <laughs> they're having they're having uh, the time of their life uh, branding, and it's it's effective. They locked us down. They messed us up. They put vaccines in our arms that don't work. They did all of this stuff. The economy's in the shitter. Uh, you could say, you know, it's the economy stupid. Forget about COVID. It's the economy stupid. The economy's in the shitter. And yet people will still vote for the party in power? It doesn't make it. It's like saying we hate everything. We hate we hate we, we do you do look the polls show that like 80 percent of americans think the country's heading in the wrong direction when the democrats have had total control for the last two years so you'd have that you have biden with 30 percent approval everyone hates him but everyone's saying we hate biden we hate the direction that the, the the country's going in but we like our local democratic senator or representative does it make any sense well what, what do what do religious zealots do when whenever they are presented with something that's contradictory to their tenets what they do is they explain it away using the uh, infinite wisdom of the deity that they worship and the infinite uh, uh, potency of that deity and uh, and then they tell us that we can't question that who are we to question that uh, magnificent deity's ways I mean, this is what I mean. This is what's happened when people are branded, whether it's with religion, whether it's with politics, whether it's with sporting teams or sodas. They will stick to this and they will create rationals. They'll stick to their guys and they'll create rationalizations no matter what information is incoming that refutes the, their perspective, that refutes their conclusions. They will rationalize. They will essentially create their own data within their mind, create their own premises within their mind so that they form syllogisms that that justify that 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 particular bias and that that, that and, and adhere to that particular type of branding it's it's amazing that people do this it is it is literally amazing because I mean so so many people in this country and in our country especially especially are they're very materialistic and it's all about money, 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 and status, and, and presenting status even when you don't have it. And people do this through our country all over the place. It's amazing to watch this happen. Yet, here we have a, an administration that is crushing us with inflation, hitting you where it hurts, hitting you in that area where so many Americans carry, care most about, hitting them in that materialism. And, and, and they still don't budge from the branding. No. They still don't budge from their branding. And, and, you know, there's something else that Democrats did to us, which is and, – and Cron 4 here in uh, San Francisco, uh, Cron 4 News here in San Francisco writes today that speech and language therapists now say they're treating children with developmental deficits born from COVID and, as Cron 4 puts it, uh, mitigations. We know it means masking, forced masking, mitigations. From understanding facial cues to reading comprehension, experts say addressing the problem early is critical. Jam, Daniel, who would have thunk it, huh? Who would have thunk it? Uh, pretty much everyone from, I think, day two that uh, masks were mandated in blue cities and states all across yeah. this country. Right. Um, by the next day, people were predicting all the various ways in which this is going to have blowback, blowback in our society and our economy. This was one of them, only one of them. Duh. Let me tell you, but but uh, but but here's the major issue, and as you know, the hypocrisy with Front Four and other news agencies—they put COVID mitigations as though as though one they worked, and two, oh, it's just a it's an unfortunate consequence, something we had to do that worked, and we know yeah, that's so- total fake news horseshit. 
Isn't that, I know, isn't that amazing? Isn't that, it's so, I mean, it's, could you have imagined 20 years ago that people could say this sort of stuff on national TV, on, 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 on journalists, people that call themselves journalists at least, could say this sort of stuff, and there wouldn't be immediate blowback in saying, you're nuts, you know, you're off your meds, um, you're, you're getting you're getting paid, you know. Tell us, you, you know, it's it's a, tell us why you are saying these absolutely objectively stupid and wrong and non factual things. Could you believe that they would be saying stuff like that? Could you believe that somebody that somebody journalist all across the the left side of the spectrum would be saying that men can become women and women can become men. 20 years ago, even five years ago, could you possibly imagine people saying something so insane, so it's so detached from reality? And and this is this is if you ask me, this is a symptom of our society. It's a symptom of modernism. It's a symptom of what it, what happens in societies when people get too specialized in the roles that they play in society. They become detached, and they become detached in layers from the most base. So at the base, we would have people that are mining and farming and ranching, and you know they're, they're right there, and they're, de- they're dealing with reality, right? literally on the ground, in the ground. And then you have people above them until you get all the way up into levels like cashier at a at a chat at a at a, uh, at a, at a uh, Walgreens or something like that that understands nothing about farming that understands nothing about mineralogy that understands nothing about all the other stuff below it electronics engineering physics um, uh, medicine medicine engineer um, uh, everything you know everything so you have this one, this person in this one layer that understands absolutely nothing. And, and, that, and our entire society is because we became this service level economy about 20 to 30 years ago. That's what our society has been polluted by a level of individuals. I hate to use the word pollution in, 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 when talking about human beings, but it's been polluted by a level of individuals that have no attachment to our core realities in this world about how we get resources and how we stay alive as human beings and how vital it is for us all to play certain roles in this world. They, 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 they just dismiss roles as though they are some, what do they like to call them? Social constructs? Yes. Yeah. Did you think, yeah. Did you think, uh, there's another, uh, another report out of, by the way, another report. This is the CDC, by the way. This is the great, the great CDC, headed by uh, Rachel Rochelle Wolensky. Have monkeypox? The CDC advises no sex but says masturbation six feet apart. Hey, they're using the six feet apart for masturbation now, Daniel. Or or virtual sex reduce the risk. Virtual sex reduces the risk? Six feet. Well, you know, when I was a young man, I had that range. But virtual, the CDC says virtual sex reduces the risk? I would think there'd be no risk, Daniel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let me check my Cecil's textbook medicine on that one. But um, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. I stand corrected. <laughs> I mean, they're insane. Who still listen? Who still listens to these people? Who still listens to them? Whatever happened to common sense? If you have monkeypox, 
Don't have sex. If you have monkeypox, stay home until it get, goes away. Just like you would with the flu. Just like you would with any disease. What is the problem here? What has happened to this country? What has happened to common sense? Detachment from reality. Detachment from reality. And so many, so many easily um, obtainable resources that people don't have to think about that reality. Think about the hard trade-offs that are actually made so that we can survive. And and, and so, I mean, I, I have when I've, when I've looked at the, the social changes that we've had over the last, since, since, I've, been a, since I've been a kid, um, so, so, you know, I've probably been politically aware for maybe the last 45 years or so. Right. And... Um, and since I've been a kid, you know, you can you can look at all the social changes that happen, and it's and it's easy f- for one to see when they step back and and look at the big picture that social changes, the, the that is changes mostly to the roles that human beings play in this world, uh, they, they they are directly related to the scarcity or the abundance of resources, and if you and if a society has lots of resources. And therefore, it doesn't have to as tightly adhere to the roles that are necessary in order for that society to survive. Then they start, you know, saying, OK, we, we, we can we can allow this behavior. We can, you know, we can change these roles a little bit, a little bit. And, and so I think a lot of this is explained by 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 resources. We have, as modern human beings, have so many resources. Food is plentiful and easy to come by. Only years ago, people spent about twice their, their, what they spent on rent in food. Now it's flipped. People, well, we, people can feed themselves so easily in this country right. now. Right. And, and um, so, so getting the resources that we need is so easy. When you have all those resources... Your food, your safety, your your um, health, even is is taken care of by other people. When that's when that when that's all done for you, what connection do you actually have with something that you can call the reality of survival, and 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 some sort of connection that tells you how difficult it is and was for our ancestors who stuck very tightly to these roles, and they stuck tightly to these roles because those roles. Were the, and sticking to them were a matter of life and death for them. Right. So right. here we have resources that are plentiful, and people are relaxing roles because of that. Right. All we have to do is have a major economic crash where things aren't uh, as plentiful, um, a, a major disruption to our society. I hope everyone after the last two years understands how brittle our society can be. All we have to have is a major disruption. And guess where we're going back to? We're going back. We would be immediately going back to times when gay people, lesbian people, uh, definitely transgender people would be looked at in a very similar light to the, the way they were looked at 100 years ago. And that, would, and that would be because people would see these roles, these old roles that were necessary for survival would come back because resources wouldn't be plentiful. It, it's, I, I think this is, it's, it's, it's kind of, as a physicist, I'm looking at this almost from kind of a conservation of energy perspective. Right, right, right. Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, gonna, thanks. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I just want to also just finish off on this CDC thing, by the way. They also say, Having sex with clothes on is another way to reduce the risk of monkeypox transition. So have sex with your clothes on. 
But wouldn't that also having sex with clothes on? But if you have sex with the clothes on, do you still got to be six feet away? Or can you be on top of each other, breathing and spitting on each other with the clothes on? That's, these people are such idiots. But see, this is what they're doing. They're bending and twisting. See, they wouldn't bend and twist during COVID for all of society. But now that monkeypox mainly affects a certain percentage of society they don't want to offend, they're saying, oh, no, no, it's not that you can't have sex. They should be saying you have monkeypox, you shouldn't have sex. They have COVID. When you had COVID, they said you shouldn't even fucking see your grandmother. So with COVID, we couldn't even see our grandmother. We couldn't go see someone who's sick in the hospital. We couldn't bury someone we loved with COVID. But with monkeypox, hey, if you got it, you can still have fun with it. Because, you see, it affects certain parts of society that if they offend, they'll get fucked over because these are the people who like them and vote for them and give them their money. You see, that's more Democrat hypocrisy. That's more Democrat sans balls. Democrats sans balls. That with COVID, we have to be locked down. We can't see our loved ones. But because monkeypox mainly affects the gay and bisexual community. Oh, even if you've got it, you can still have fun with it. You can still fuck with it. Absolutely grotesque. The hypocrisy is grotesque. The hypocrisy is grotesque. I can't say that enough. I can't say it enough. And in their attempt to twist and twist and turn, they look like total fucking idiots. Stay six feet apart and have sex. Give me a fucking break. <sighs> yes, as one of my listeners wrote to me, Democrats love the CDC. Yes, they do. Of course they love the CDC. That's why the CDC can't offend them. The CDC can tell the, 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 the Sturgis rally people, who are mostly conservative and Republicans, that they can't have an event. They can tell people protesting these COVID regulations, mostly conservative. They can't do that because it spreads COVID. But if you had COVID, if, if you had COVID and you wanted to protest George Floyd, that's fine because protesting George Floyd is more important than preventing the spread of COVID. You see, but if you're if you're gay or bisexual and want to have sex and have monkeypox, you can do that because we don't want to offend you and tell you you shouldn't. <sighs> It's, it's hard to even talk about. It really is. The hypocrisy is so grotesque, so disgusting, that it's hard to even talk about. It really is. So today I was walking. I had posted a photo of me. I was walking down the street here, heading towards the gym, and I see this guy coming up the street. And I said, oh, I got to take, take a photo of this. And people who follow me on Twitter have seen this. It was a guy walking up the street in a total gas mask. You know those gas masks where it looks like you're a, it looks like you're a fly. Those the things. It looked to me. It looks like a human fly, like a fly. And it was like like Jeff Goldblum at the end of Fly. It was like it was the fly. It was like you know he's got the, the, the those big filters and the big thing and the gas mask and it looks like you're an idiot. You look like an idiot. You look like a moron. You look like a nutcase wearing it. You would look okay if like. Maybe it was like post-apocalypse nuclear fallout. Then I'd say, okay, probably. I'd probably want one too. But no, this is uh, August of 2022, three years into COVID. And this guy is wearing still, still wearing. Well, he never should have been wearing any of these things. But it's just mind-blowing that he's wearing it now in the summer of 2022, still. I'm sure the guy's been wearing it for two and a half years. So I took a photo of him. 
And I simply put this in San Francisco, please help me. Anyone want to help me? I think I'm putting up a GoFundMe to get me out of here. What do you think I'd do that? As long as it's honest, right? I'm putting up a GoFundMe to get me the fuck out of San Francisco. That's it. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. I probably can make money that way. Maybe I should do that. GoFundMe. Get me out of here. Get me out of this crazy house. Get me out of this insane asylum. This open air, outdoor, insane asylum. Because that's what it is. That is exactly what it is. All right. Like I said, if you'd like to call in and talk about anything, I know it's Friday and it's late and we've had a tough week and, you know, things are not getting any easier. Things are not getting any easier, especially in the major cities with the crime and these medic and these and these regulations and the constant authoritarianism. It's really suffocating. It's suffocating. The constant authoritarianism in big cities where you have not only the government putting their foot on your throat, but criminals putting their foot on your throat and the government doing nothing about it. It's, 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 it's like, what is suffocating? It's claustrophobic. But you know what? I think I'm going to end on a light note. And a light note, well, it's kind of a light note. I would call it a definite light note. If I can get my damn IMDB pulled up. Okay, here it is. And we're going to talk about a movie which just released today called Bullet Train. And Bullet Train stars Brad Pitt. Hey, this takes place in Tokyo. Brad Pitt's not not Japan Japanese. How dare he be in this? In fact, some of the cast is Japanese, but not all of it is. Shouldn't all of it be Japanese? Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat that dead horse, but anyway. So it takes place in Japan, it takes place on one of those bullet trains. And if you live in this country, you don't know what this is. It's a train that goes fast, by the way. It's a train that goes like 200, 250 miles an hour. They actually have these things. This is like real in Japan. I know it seems like science fiction, but this is not science fiction. So, and, uh, there are five assassins aboard. A, uh, Brad Pitt is, uh, <laughs> he plays a perfect character and his name is Ladybug. And he's this, uh, assassin <laughs> who, uh, wants to do his job peacefully. He's what he called a Zen assassin. I mean, Brad Pitt is perfect for these roles. Okay. So he's an assassin, but he's trying to be Zen and he's trying to change his life. You know, and he's trying to finally breathe and do things a different way. And he's on board this train, which is supposed to be an easy job where all he has to do is uh, is uh, get this briefcase, which has money in it, and get out of there. So basically, he needs to get the briefcase, which is on the train. He can do it in a few minutes. It, the train will go from one stop to, you know, the train makes many stops, but he feels by the time he gets to the first stop, he'd get off and it'll be all over. Of course, there'd be no movie. So he tries to do this, but it doesn't work out because there are five other assassins on that train and they all have a mission and that mission includes getting that <laughs> getting that briefcase <laughs> so brad pitt has to find a way to get the briefcase and of course there's tons of violence. i mean you've seen the trailers really ultra violent there's tons of violence there's tons of hand-to-hand combat there's shooting there's uh, people dying by gunshot by you know ak-47 by uh, you know samurai sword it's incredibly violent but the film also wants to be funny so it wants to be one of those films you kind of think kind of like a Tarantino wannabe and even the timeline, the way it tries to play around with timeline and go back in time and forward in time is kind of very Tarantino like. Um, but unfortunately the script is not nearly as strong as any script of a Tarantino film and the direction is not as assured as Tarantino. So what the director tries to do is, uh, and it reflects the Brad, the Brad Pitt character of being a absolute 
assassin killer, but also wanting to be Zen and peaceful. So every moment of, of violence, of course, has to be followed by a, a light moment or a comical moment. He tries to go back and forth between incredible ultraviolence and comedy. And you know, after the first, the first half of the film, it kind of works. It's a little bit forced, but for the first half of the film, we're going with it. But the problem is, is this is, becomes very monotonous. And it's just basically one scene of violence followed by a comedic scene. And once again, trying to blend the comedy and violence. After a while, it becomes monotonous. It doesn't really work anymore. It becomes more and more forced because the screenplay is so thin. That's the biggest problem. They try to hang all this stuff on a very thin screenplay. So by halfway through the film, you're, you're kind of over it. And it becomes very, almost like Kamala's laugh. It's, it starts to become more and more forced and monotonous and one note. And by the end, we are, you know, we were ready to get off this train four stops earlier. Uh, I like Brad Pitt. I think he's really good in this. I think he's good in everything, but he's particularly good in this. If only had a better script. I mean, Pitt tries his best to carry this film. He really does. But the script is so thin and weak. And like I said, it's such an obvious, I wouldn't call it a ripoff of Tarantino, but obviously an attempt to be kind of like Tarantino, but not nearly as good. So I have to give it a... uh, I'll give it a C plus, but I can't recommend it. Directed by uh, David Leitch, L-E-I-T-C-H. It's got Brad Pitt. It's got uh, it's got uh, Joey King. It's got uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, it's got a mix of of Asian and American actors. It's got uh, some cameos, some well placed funny cameos. I won't say who, um, but once again, overall, wears thin, too long. Okay. So we end on that note. Um, if there are any other callers. So what did we talk about today? We talked about Kamala, her, her hypocrisy. We talked about Leguizamo and his woke bullshit of wanting to cast his, his, his woke casting that he wants in Hollywood. We talked about the incredible hypocrisy of the CDC when it comes to COVID and now monkeypox and the mediocre, not recommended bullet train. I think I, I did a lot. I did a lot in almost, what, 50 minutes? Um, but once again, I want to promote, and I will again on Monday, on Tuesday, the Tuesday show, the, the regular listeners of the show know I've been doing it 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Tuesday's show will be 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time, and I'll have on John Ziegler, and he will talk to me. We'll talk about several things. But um, we'll also talk about the upcoming election, the midterms, and why all this Democrat mishigas and the low approval ratings for Biden and the way 8 out of 10 people think the country's heading in the wrong direction is not seemingly computing to the midterm races when you look at the polling. And so that will be Tuesday. Um, but I will, before that, I'll see you Monday night at the regularly scheduled time. Uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Daniel for calling. Thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for the uh, comments I'm getting, uh, the texts, and thanks for everything. This has been in Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Kachopoli, and remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you right back here on Monday night.